go. What? (laughs) (laughs) What what am I explaining? Find a quiet moment, put some headphones on. Is it just me that thinks this is like the best news in ages? I don't know what happened, but I fell in love. The creators and hosts of Sky's Entertainment Backstage Podcast. Are you awake, Stevie? He's like, call me Ben. I don't think you could accuse it of being glamorous. And I said, I'm not going to call you Ben Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I'm joined by the woman of the hour, Jodie oh, Comer. How much fun are you having teasing us all at the moment? You've got to laugh. Let's go! Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Backstage, Sky News' entertainment podcast. We are both here. Where are we, Claire Gregory? In the mysterious land of Arendelle. No, no, we're not. We're in (laughs) Westminster. But we will be in a minute. Um, Stevie Wong joins us from... New York. New York. I thought you were going to Los Angeles. When are you off to Los Angeles? Uh, in a couple of days, but I'm, I'm, I'm heading there. Okay. But right now it is freezing right now, oh, and uh, I'm snap. never leaving my home. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, well, coming up in a minute, we're going to be talking about the fact that six years on, we're returning to Arendelle for Frozen 2. Elsa, the past is not what it seems. You must find the truth. Olivia Coleman will see you now. We're talking about The Crown Season 3. This country was still great when I came to the throne. All that's happened on my watch is the place has fallen apart. And Simon Cowell tells Claire what the deal is between him and Little Mix. I would call it friendly rivalry, if nothing else. So, we have just come, myself and Claire Gregory, straight out of the cinema from seeing Frozen 2. And you saw it last night, didn't you, Stevie? Yes, I did. This in itself is weird that we're three, like, just adults (laughs) hanging out watching Frozen 2. And the fact is, Casey and I saw it in a screening, so there were no children in there whatsoever. I don't think there was anyone under the age of 30 in there. And you know my trauma. I had the weirdest start to screenings. So so it started with me going into the Soho Hotel, seeing Danny DeVito getting into a lift, and we're just both standing there. And he says, are you going up? And I, for some reason, I felt the need to have a conversation. So I was like, no, they're shaving Frozen 2 down in the basement, Danny. <laughs> and he was like, oh, really? What? It's like, no, Frozen 2, you're really missing out. And he was like, OK, I'm going up now. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then she went downstairs and there's a couple of different oh, screening rooms down there. So and, uh, and I Mami's... signed an embargo to go and see uh, Call the Midwife. And I signed it, went, yeah, no, my name's not on the list. Wandered in to see Call the Midwife. No, wrong screening. <laughs> I basically got a stream of messages before I even arrived with the last one saying, this morning's snowballing into a world of pain and it's only 9.43am. <laughs> <laughs> Trauma. Anyway, Frozen 2 though. Oh my word. We have always feared Elsa's powers were too much for this world. Now we must hope. Absolutely loved it. I think it just genuinely is utterly terrific. It's the best thing I've seen in a long time. Stevie? Um. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I, 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 I went in very excited because I was a huge fan of the first Frozen. And I think my expectations um, were pretty high. And, and I think that's the thing. A lot of people are going to go in and have the same kind of like feelings that I do. Um, it's a little bit messy. I don't know. Like, is, did, did you, you genuinely find it a bit think it's messy? No. I, I mean, I think it's complicated. And there's all these different levels, isn't there, of meaning and... and... To be fair, I did come out 
have it and I said I loved it, but I did think it was quite complicated. There's like a lot in there. And I remember yeah. thinking during it, like, well, we've got a lot to resolve in what is a relatively short 103 film. minutes, one minute extra. And I was thinking, yeah, a whole extra minute. And I was thinking for some younger children, they're, not that this necessarily matters, but they're definitely not going to get it. So six years on from our last trip to the kingdom of Arendelle, um, this is, you know, Frozen is two is back. And, you know, since then we've had the Broadway musical, the West End show, uh, that which is coming out to London, I think, is pretty soon. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty... Very, I mean, the anticipation for this is I mean, insane. It's ridiculous, isn't it? The trailer, even at the start of the year, broke records. Didn't it have like 120 million oh views in 24 yeah, hours in or something? 20... So this outing, it... we should say, is, is a lot darker, isn't it? Do you think it's yes. a bit more yes. scary if you're a bit younger? No, I don't think necessarily scarier because there are some moments. I rewatched Frozen very recently uh, ahead of this, and there are some moments that I think certainly for children are equally as scary. I think the themes are a bit darker, but whether your average young child would pick up on that, I'm yeah. not sure. Um, but we can say, I mean, we don't want to obviously talk spoilers, but there are some dark forces lurking in the north. And, uh, of course, Elsa and Anna are, uh, are the type not to let dark forces go unchecked. And so. we've got all of the, the characters that everyone loved from the first series. Yeah. Josh Gad is just film. brilliant, isn't he? And uh, Kristen Bell's back, Adina Menzel. And... Uh, they've they've uh, uh, increased Jonathan Groff's performance, which I think is really fun because I think he's going to be a new kind of, uh, I mean, it's... It's, it's, it, what he what he experiences is a lot of fun, definitely. But there's also new characters. Evan Rachel Wood plays Anna and Elsa's mother, Queen Iduna, um, and she appears in flashbacks and even gets a bit of a song, uh, like a duet with one of her daughters. So that's pretty cool. And there's beautiful little characters. That little toady, fiery, oh, froggy that's a thing. Very cute thing. Yeah. <laughs> Toys for Christmas. That's what everybody's oh, going to be dang. buying. Oh, yeah. I would buy that for myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the songs as well. What the did you think of the songs? Amazing. Seven new uh, songs, of course. Seven new songs. Uh, uh, Into the Unknown seems to be the one Into that's the like the front runner of. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, there's a version by Panic at the Disco who's doing it. Now that's a pop version. And um, apparently a friend of mine went to go see a celebrity pr- uh, introduced um, screening yesterday by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Wow. And um, uh, everybody was there. And like people were talking and the, the creators, uh, basically they were like, oh, we want to supply some songs for the Oscars. We think Into the Unknown is the one. What do you think? And, and my friend was like, why are you asking me this? I'm just here to watch the screening. You should know this by now. So I think they're going to head towards uh, the Oscars with that track. It's got to be. It's the biggie. It's amazing. What's the Lin-Manuel Miranda link? He's not in it, is he? He's not, but he's a friend of the the two writers because they also co-wrote Moana's music with him. Oh, uh, the the songwriters, the ones that got the Oscars, the husband and wife couple. Exactly. Oh, love them. Oh, great. Oh, it's going to be a good Oscars. I thought the songs were brilliant. I mean, there's one, oh, God, the the one that's all about grief. I was in floods of tears over that. Anna's song that she gets. Yeah, that was I sad. know. Like, that's the thing. The, the, I do have to give it up for the filmmakers that they went uh, more mature. But the fact that there's a song that maybe even is about, like, depression. I mean, that yeah. was really interesting. That's that, the one that you're talking about that Kristen Bell sings uh, is fascinating. And I'm like, wow. Wow, wow. It's interesting that it's an animated film, but I feel like the big one that everybody's going to be talking about is the solo that Kristoff, uh, played by Jonathan <laughs> yeah, Groff, it's like sings. A, it's like a Queen video or something yeah. from the 80s. Well, they do it? that, don't they, Amazing. at one stage? It's like the Bohemian Rhapsody yeah, video. It's so Brilliant. Good. <laughs> but it's beautiful, sort of old fashioned.
old-fashioned Disney-style Fantasia moments as well in this one. I thought I thought it was cleverer than the first one. Oh, is that good English? Cleverer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was definitely. It is there, now. Yeah, it was more complicated, I think, and so in that sense, I suppose it is cleverer the way it all kind of comes back. And like Katie says, there's definitely some bigger things being said, yeah, aren't there, about, about looking after our planet and, and each other and hate and, and tension and yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. But it's great. I would watch it again. I most definitely would. I, the fact that you're seeing it in all the shops as well, it's just going to go crazy, isn't it? I, I'm, I wandered past Primark and they've got jumpers on sale. I think Costco have got a massive thing. I liked it, though. I thought it was really brilliant and, and definitely worth going to see. Whether or not you... Uh Needed? Do you think you need to take a child with no, you? No, I absolutely don't. I don't. I think we're well beyond that nowadays. If you want to go and see a kid's movie, go see a kid's movie. You don't have to have a kid with you. But it might be annoying if you're surrounded by children. I'll definitely go to a late screening, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, a late a night frozen to yeah. screen. <laughs> as well as that then... Darkness appears to be lurking in Woking back oh, in the well. early 20th century. <laughs> Should we talk about War of the Worlds? Ladies and gentlemen, it seems that something has arrived in England. A shooting star. Do you think it could be from Mars? Something can erupt from Mars and end up in Surrey. Something inside. So, how many cracking dramas are on the BBC at the moment. They it's are... almost like it's just turned autumn and cold yeah, and everyone's nobody staying wants in to go the evenings. Out. Could be that. <laughs> so War of the Worlds is the big new drama that the BBC are now throwing everything at this week and trying to promote. Obviously the adaptation of the HG Wells classic. It's very good. We've got our hands on a few screeners haven't we? So we've seen the first few episodes. Again, it's the BBC seem to be just putting so much money and taking a lot of time and putting a lot of thought into these big dramas that they're doing a, a brilliant job with this. Well the thing is War of the Worlds of course has not been, you know, it's been done before so I guess if you're going to do it you've really got to give a good go at it because there's a lot of pressure to live up to, I mean the one that everyone I think remembers is the radio version because people Ooh, yeah. genuinely thought there'd been like a <laughs> Can you Martian attack at the time and yeah. it was quite That would have been so scary. Yeah, yeah, no I think it really was because of course you couldn't just check on Twitter that it hadn't happened. Like people <laughs> very much kind of who hadn't heard the start thought it was absolutely happening so uh, obviously, you don't want to quite go that far, but you do, you do want it to be better probably than the film in 2005. Yeah, because Spielberg did his own thing, didn't he? He mm. brought it into modern times and it was set in New York as well. So everyone was like, no, it's not faithful to the original. And the BBC <laughs> have done a very faithful retelling. Yeah. Although, arguably, the lead character, which is played by Eleanor Tomlinson, who I think most people would recognise from Dark, that apparently, because I haven't read the book but apparently in the book that's sort of she's not a, an actual character she's sort of more of a throwaway line well yes but i mean to bring it bang up to modern age where women can have lead parts i suppose you have to do science and stuff <laughs> yeah, take what? a little bit of license <laughs> but i still think it's more faithful in some ways well the fact it's in the uk you know in woking that's much more faithful than being in new york isn't it yeah, it's very good. And when you get the rumblings underground of the of whatever this meteorite thing that's going to crack open and become a crazy alien, it's very well done. The CG, I think what? we're coming into a really good time for CGI, aren't we? I know it's for the last few years it's suddenly just got super, super good. But actually now, just things look so realistic. 
Yeah, I think you're right. And th- that's why shows like this work so well now, because even on your TV, you're like, <gasps> you know, you don't have to see them on the big screen to kind of get that impact. There was some talk that the show was supposed to come out last year, but there were some problems with it. And then finally, it's taken a full year for them to kind of, I guess they needed to get it right. Um, but what I did like about the show is that, you know, here is a woman who is the lead of the of the story, but she's also a woman that's fallen in love with a married man, and and one of her best friends that she kind of becomes friends with is played by Robert Carlyle. His name is Ogilvy, and uh, he's he's hinted that he's gay, and so so there's some interesting like kind of outsider um, characters who are now the leads of 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 this piece, which is which is fascinating to me. Also, anything that Rafe Spall is ever in. I mean, I couldn't be more in agreement with you there. I love <laughs> Rafe Spall, and he's so nice as well. And he plays a journalist, and there's a classic line in episode one where somebody uh, talks to him and goes, or talks about him to a friend and goes, he's a journalist with such a revulsion. <laughs> think, yeah, been there. How dare he? <laughs> Nothing changes. <laughs> um, it's the crumbling villages and, and the way that they use special effects though I mean the explosions and and to see the actual alien that they create it's it's very good Do I mean I'm it could get a bit scary though well if you're of a nervous disposition it's a little no. bit there's always a touch of the sort of doctor who's about it isn't yeah, there okay. really um so it has to suspend your belief enough to to go with it but I was enjoying it. I mean, I'm not majorly into sci-fi, but I think this is definitely one that you want to stick with. Elsewhere, it's the return of The Crown on Netflix. We have all made sacrifices and suppressed who we are. It is not a choice. It is a duty. For the times we are feel like we should all be curtsying, should we? <laughs> I'm drinking tea. This is the oh, what I'm drinking. Have you got I'm your like, little pinky mm. up? Yes, I am. <laughs> so yeah. the wait is over. <laughs> because, of course, the thing that's exciting about this series of The Crown is that the character, the actors have changed. The characters haven't changed. The actors have changed. So we said goodbye to Claire Foy, and we can now see Olivia Coleman. Uh, playing the Queen, Tobias Menzies is Prince Philip, and Helena Bonham Carter is Princess Margaret. It's this weird Doctor Who regeneration moment in episode yeah. one, yeah. isn't it, as well? <laughs> and you look at, they um, display what the stamps will yeah. look like for her. It's very think, clever. Oh, it's a very clever kind good. of way of acknowledging that you've changed actors. And yeah, yeah, I think it's great. She's great in it as well. I mean, it's Olivia Colman doing what she does best, being so subtle in a performance that she gives. Did you ever hear about the fact that, like, they were asking, did you look at old videos? And she's like, no. <laughs> like, she, the way she prepared, she's like, I just did whatever I thought was right for, for Elizabeth, but didn't really kind of, like, do any kind of changing with her accent, and she just kind of is playing playing a version of, of, of what she thinks Queen Elizabeth is. So that's kind of funny uh, when you watch the performance. The accent is so clipped, though, isn't it? One has to be, like... Very yeah. short with one. I don't know. I think, do you know what? Who, whose uh, voice I think is the best? Tobias Menzies. It's an incredible yeah. performance. He's so good. Yeah. I did. You see the um, the Guardian's review of it, and they uh, described her acting as Olivia Coleman spreads regal rage on toast. Because it's, it, it's a moment, isn't it, where she's just buttering her toast, and it's those small moments where actually that's where she's 
expressing character, isn't it? Because she can't. She's a person that will never really sort of say what she's thinking, well, won't she? Well, can't really. No. And it is, it is those subtleties. It is one that you do have to watch, I think, The Crown to really appreciate the performances. You can't be on your phone or, you know, kind of slightly distracted because the performances are quite subtle. Well, Olivia Coleman's is, whereas Helena Bonham Carter as Princess Margaret is quite out there but it's brilliant again it's so brilliant those scenes I thought was the best in the first episode so much controversy though hasn't there been ever since these sort of reviews of the screeners have come out about how much artistic license they're using and whether well how it's all going to end because series four we're approaching sort of Diana territory aren't we I think the end of this season we are going to be introduced to Diana and we start to see the relationship between uh, Camilla and, and Prince Charles as well. I think the problem is that even with this series, we're entering into more living memory, kind mm. of whereas the other series, like you would have had to have been very old to remember those things, whereas now it's getting more relative. And it will be interesting to see if they kind of take more free license with the drama to kind of disassociate themselves because the, the worry is that people are going to conflate the crown with actual history. But you do though, don't you really? Yeah. For people that probably aren't leafing through big books about the royal family, you kind of are taking it as face value well, of what happened but it's not, it's dramatic license. But then that's a huge responsibility yeah. for the writers, isn't it? Because they're effectively editing history. Mm. That's a massive role to take on. But also, but it's Peter Morgan. I mean, I feel like he's so thorough with with his stories and stuff, and that you know, even though it might be maybe a license, but it's it just feels like there is there's some truth to what he's doing. So, but I, it I'm, is unfortunate if it's things like the the. I think everyone's up in arms. There's a, a particular moment where it's sort of implied that there might have been some sort of thing between the Queen and her horse racing manager. And no one would be able to know that. So if there's millions of audiences around the world just taking that as gospel. And he said, didn't he, I don't want to be part of creating bogus history. And it's like, well, inevitably, you are. Yeah. Well, unless you're bang on the money about every single thing that happened. But it's tricky. It's very tricky. I bet the uh, palace are watching with interest. I wonder if they've had screeners. <laughs> well, I've, I bet you they've found a way to get screeners. Well, you couldn't <laughs> be seen to officially ask them, could you? Probably. Um, the character of Lord Snowden as well, morphing now into full-on yeah. rotter. Bad boy. Yeah, it's good. Everything's so... I mean, it does make you think how awful it would be into the, to be in the royal family, oh, wouldn't it? Horrendous, Just, you horrendous. can't ever express any real emotions can you i'm just wondering if you feel like this season uh, there's like a there's like a hint of sadness i don't know if you've picked up on that there's like there's this kind of it feels like the queen's kind of settling into what she's going to be and that's going that that kind of depresses her a little bit and so that's like a weird tone that i kind of picked up just from watching the first episode and 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 uh, i read somewhere that that that's kind of also going to be a running theme of of her kind of understanding what, what her place is in this world and maybe that's not what she wants to be like but this is going to be you know this is it for her and that's it would be horribly depressing i can't imagine like much worse than being born into the royal family it would be so difficult to quote batman with great power comes great responsibility (laughs) (laughs) 
And I know, um, Stevie, the, the Americans love the modern-day royals. Do people go mad for the crown in America? Oh, people love the crown. I mean, this is, the, this unfortunately, is, well, this is the same crowd that love Downton Abbey, and so they'll watch anything that's super, like, kind of British, you know. And, and, uh, I love how you're they... distinguishing yourself from this crowd, Stevie. <laughs> you are that crowd. <laughs> I am, sorry. I am. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, but but for um, legitimate purposes, you know, they uh, they they love this, these things, and so yeah, it's 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 very it's it's a total escape because we don't have anything of of this kind of monarchy in our in our lives, and so to have this other country that like celebrate it or even have it is 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 still fascinating to us. Well, and also speaking of period dramas, here's my tiny bit of hot goss for you. I have heard that a uh, window has been penciled for the filming of another Downton Abbey movie. Really? That is very hot gossip. I can't possibly (laughs) reveal my sources. But did they make enough money from that then? Oh, it was huge. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. They're already doing uh, filming season four of The Crown at the moment, so we're not going to have to wait two years for the next series. And then I wonder who they'll cast as the Queen next time. Oh, it's so exciting. It better be Helen Mirren. It just has to be Helen Mirren somewhere in this. But you couldn't do a modern series, could you? I think they'll have to stop before... Diana dies, wouldn't they? No. I don't no. think that's the idea. I think oh they're planning God, to catch up I don't up think to... I want them to do that, though. Oh, right. We'll let them know. Yeah. ta <laughs> Good. Okay. Dear Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to give us all the gossip then, Claire, this week, because you have been hanging out with a Mr. Simon Cowell, haven't you? Yes, I have. I was uh, at the red carpet for something called the ITV Palooza last I, night. Like, my Instagram feed was just taken up by people who seem to be at the ITV Palooza. What on earth is a Palooza when it's at home? I think it's another word for party. I'm not really sure. No one seemed to know. If you asked anyone on the red carpet, they were like, I think there's drinks. Like, it wasn't wasn't really clear. But it meant that all of ITV's talent turns out. So we had, like, lovely chats with everyone from Fern McCann to Alan Carr to the GC herself, Gemma Collins. And arriving, of course, last, because he's always last. Always, always, always. Mr. Simon Cowell. Mm. Now, Simon Cowell, not usually one to spend ages on the red carpet, but on this occasion, he was still there as they were starting to break it down. Well, anyone would assume from that that it's like he almost has something to sell. So, Stevie. What, what is he trying to sell? Are you across in the US this kind of kind of slight rivalry drama that's going on with this uh, sudden launch of X Factor the band. Do you know about this? No, and it wasn't until you told us that I was like, wait, what's happening? So Little Mix have a show and then and then what's happening? That, that Simon Cowell's got to do this band thing right now? So Is do that, you know that he, he has beef with Little Mix because they dropped him as their... Well, he wasn't their manager, was well, he? Well, their but label. He, he was, he they left, were on site. Yeah, they left the label. And they, well, I don't know if they had beef as such. Anyway, they're launching this BBC talent show called The Search, uh, where Little Mix, a manufactured band, uh, look to find a new kind of manufactured band. They apparently a year ago asked Simon to... um, to, to be an EP on that and he couldn't probably better off to just let Simon Cowell explain it here we go well the funny thing is is that you know I love the girls you know and they made a massive difference to the show and I'll never forget what they did for us and actually I was offered to be an EP on their show a year ago uh, but I said to them at the time because I have a show called La Banda and we were going to do X Factor Bands in 2020 and their show was going to be 2021 that when they brought their show forward 
you know, we're all competitive. So I thought, fine, well, then we'll bring our show forward. And the reason partly being is that you don't <coughs> want them to find someone who could be in our group, in their group, right? That's how, that's how show business operates. I would call it friendly rivalry, if nothing else. Healthy respect as well. Respect is all well and good, Simon, but you have he's given himself five weeks because this Celebrity X Factor, which is currently on, was supposed to be replaced by All Star X Factor. Yeah, That's been scrapped. So, that, got so five what happened with that? They're weeks. just not doing All Stars no, anymore. Just Could they not it. get any All Stars? Was the no, trouble? No, I think it was. I think it was underway. But they, he just because he wanted to bring forward because Little Mix brought their show forward and he wanted to, to do a similar first, format and he wanted to get in there first. Oh. He just scrapped and obviously the TV schedules allow for X Factor when they allow for it. He scrapped All Stars, brought forward the band, um, and so they're just desperate to get people to audition now. Now though. they've got five weeks to find enough people to audition, and because it's a band, you need well, a lot three of three people here <laughs> with no singing yeah. talent right. and that are yeah, far too old. <laughs> I think you can audition via WhatsApp, so maybe we should give it a go, guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, my question is, I mean, if you're on one competition, don't you have to send, like, don't, don't you have to sign these, like, uh, non-disclosure or, like, you know, those um You, you uh, have to pledge clauses? your loyalty to one or the other. Yeah. Sometimes I think people that have signed up to Britain's Got Talent and then try to go on a... BBC one have been told they oh, can't right. and things. Well, and in that so, case, pick your team carefully, yeah. gang. Do you want Simon Cowell and Louis Walsh and the weight of the X Factor machine behind you, or do you want Little Mix? But presumably, Cowell needs some sort of band to be hosting in a, in a similar way to Little Mix will be on the BBC then. You'd well, have I to said have some... to him, I said, are the gang back together? And he basically, he sounds like he doesn't really know. And are all our X Factor favourites going to be there, Dermot, Louis, Nicole? Well, there's going to be a couple of surprises. They're not signed up yet, but I'm not going to give too much away. I mean, when I say we're winging this, we are winging this. <laughs> oh, I bet you he doesn't. Yeah, they're, they're, they're probably signing contracts right now or reaching out and being like, Louis, do you want to come back? Like, I'm, I'm sure this is... This, I mean, he's scrambling, so this is this is going to be interesting to see what he does in you know, five weeks' time. But why would he want to put out such a similar show to... This is what I can't quite fathom. Why is he so desperate to do this? I really... I can't I can't get my head around it. Is he, does he that's... really think it's the winning format and he or really wants to get in there first? Or... Is it the fact that he is upset that Little Mix have gone off and done their own thing? Yeah. We'll never know. We'll never but we know. we can speculate wildly as we enjoy doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey Claire, I heard you've been hanging out with my good friend Henry Golding. Oh yes, I have. Oh, my <laughs> I'm going to use air quotes for that. He is so not my good friend. Well, <laughs> he's a Stevie. That I've met well, oh, Stevie what? Wong, let's see if he's your good friend or not. Yeah. Right, listen up. Brilliant. Just very quickly and finally, I sure. co-host a podcast with Stevie Wong, and he found oh, out. Oh yeah, was it... Stevie Wong. He's the best. I've been. I used to be at interviews with Stevie Wong interviewing like stars behind the scenes so that's great i'm glad he's still going man he's one of the best amazing so- one of the best, one of the best. One of the best. oh my didn't, god didn't say one of the best what <laughs> i know right well wouldn't you like to know wow isn't that so nice we thought all your claims were just absolute rubbish but now tried and tested it turns out that you are best busy mates oh. with uh, henry golding who well, I would not really. I would love to be best mates with Henry Golding. He is so charming and very, oh, lovely? very so good lovely. looking. So we were speaking about this before Frozen Two started in the screening, and we both started talking like we we're in the nineteen twenties. <laughs> you said he's dreamy, and I said he was dishy. Oh, he's oh. so good looking. <laughs> oh, 
we're just oh yeah. So if you don't know who he is, because he is a sort of up and coming star, really in in the UK, uh, Crazy Rich Asians was I think the one that brought him onto everyone's attention, wasn't it? That's right. And yeah. if you are in London, or I'm sure lots of other cities, there are billboards everywhere and adverts everywhere for the Christmas film he's got coming out with Amelia Clark, obviously mother of dragons, Game of Thrones, Khaleesi, um, who play a kind of pair of star-crossed lovers in a very beautiful, romanticised kind of London. Uh, and it's written by Emma Thompson, who stars in it as well. So, you know, loads of brilliant kind of ingredients for a great film there. And it's all kind of based on George Michael's music. Which is an odd thing in the first place, isn't it? But apparently when George Michael was still alive, he and Emma Thompson knew each other and came up with this as an idea. Well, actually, I asked Emma Thompson about this and they only met once. It, she was actually really... <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> don't believe everything you read in the papers. Um, uh, in fact, uh, here's what she had to say about when she met George. Yes, I, I met him, but I only met him once. But it was sort of... Now, you know, that he's not here anymore... I feel like that meeting was sort of seminal for me because he was such such a lovely person to me, so kind and humble and normal and you know, and he'd say, Well, you know, I've got my I've got my issues, but to meet and you can tell, I mean I can always tell, that he was he was just a guy dealing with God knows what. God knows what it was like to get that famous that young and then to develop into this really remarkable singer-songwriter um, and his music became a part of the film in, ve- in a very sort of organic way and s- you suddenly heard the poetry and thought crikey it's like he's writing to the story it's very bizarre and, and sort of spooky because he cared about the same things and his particularly Heal the Pain which features very largely in the, in the movie is all about loving yourself it's very, very, very Christmassy. I mean, for goodness sake, Amelia Clark is always wearing this elf costume that she has to wait, wear for work, but she's always wearing it. It's very strange. Yeah, what's her problem with that? Like, she couldn't get, like, couldn't take a shower. Like, she's just always messy in this film. But, <laughs> well, no, like, no, um... she is messy, though, isn't she? She's all messy, <laughs> and then Henry Golding's character comes into her life and really helps her to kind of turn things around. Or does he? I mean, I don't, you know. Uh, I mean, all Christmas films are a little bit twee. This but is do, twee. do we need to talk about the uh, <laughs> the review situation, particularly the Rolling Stone review that got a lot so of traction? So actually. <laughs> um, so, so I don't know if you saw this, but Rolling Stone, one of their reviewers tweeted after a screening, there are god-awful holiday movies and then there's Last Christmas. Which is particularly bitchy, isn't it? Um, but Paul Feig, the director as well, saw it and also tweeted back to him saying, we can't win everybody over, but we'll continue to try. And so. he said, I hope, you know, our one star is a big star. And <laughs> he just got massively... <laughs> he just got massively loved on social media for that. I saw articles written about him in magazines and stuff like that. And because we don't often see that kind of positivity so obviously i had to ask him about that when i spoke to him at the junket well i mean it's nice look look we live in very very divisive cynical times right now and everything's a fight and everybody's so angry and lashing out you know and i think the examples are coming from from the top a lot these days of just like punch back and i don't that's not how i live my life and it's just life's too short i mean that's honestly the message of this movie it's like you know just you gotta give everybody a break you know look the critics have always been very very nice 
introduced to me on, on other films. And, you know, the people who love this movie love it. And uh, that's what's so nice. And some people, it's, we're, like I say, we're in a cynical time, and some people aren't really in the mood for something that's a little more upbeat and positive like this. But all I say is, come see us. Come see us, because it, it's, our hearts are in the right place. And, and I'm so proud of this film and, and the, the people in it. I just, I, I'm really happy with it. So I think we could all be a little bit more Paul. You know, let's all take that into yeah. our days. Let's all just be a yeah. bit more positive. I mean, Christmas films so as well are always a bit naff. Love Actually, yeah, if you rewatch it. Love Actually is awful, I really. mean, it's dreadfully non-woke nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I have a question. Do you guys, because here in the States, we've, we're on television, there's a lot of Christmas stuff that's already happening, even though we're like a month, two months away. And, and um, do you guys have this phenomenon with the Hall, Hallmark Christmas movie or the Lifetime Christmas movies? Where Channel it's just 5, like... we call it. <laughs> Channel 5, oh, is... a constant stream of American Hallmark movies, yeah. But I don't think they it's... do have the same kind of cult status over here that I understand they do in the U.S., it's insane. Apparently, Hallmark has now commissioned 90 of these films for next 90? year. I mean, yeah, there, there are so, including, there are so many middle-aged women, including me, um, <laughs> who, basically, who, who don't mind spending Sundays just sitting watching the exact same format over oh, and I'm over totally again, but with, with different you, people. Yeah. Oh, count yeah. me in, yeah. No, I'm with you too. With people that look oh. like you should really recognise them with slightly frozen features as well. Like they're yeah. probably married to someone quite famous and they have a bit of Botox <laughs> and this is this is as big as it gets. Um, so, you know, not that Last Christmas falls under that same milieu, but definitely <laughs> I mean, it is. Compared to it that. Is, yeah, I, uh, I think yeah the Last Christmas is amazing. Oscar winner. <laughs> I think the problem with Last Christmas is the ingredients are all there for a brilliant film, and it's it's not. It's not a brilliant film. So I think that's why it's possibly getting a harsher reception than maybe it deserves. I don't think it's brilliant. I don't think it's dreadful it's got some very I mean, sweet the, moments why release it now it's a bit early well I guess they don't want to go up against Star Wars, Star Wars exactly. <laughs> so instead you're going to go up against Frozen 2 yeah it's true I don't mm. know maybe the idea is the grown ups drop the kids in Frozen and they go and watch Last Christmas <laughs> can you do that yeah. <laughs> I might be up for parenting if that's a thing <laughs> But speaking of huge Disney releases, of course, uh, over there, Stevie, much to my dismay and anger, because we're not getting it for months and months and months and months, you now have the Disney Plus. I know. So yesterday, if you watched any of the Disney-related uh, um, channels, even network television, every single show from their morning show to their talk shows and stuff, they were just giving away Disney Plus like one-year subscriptions and stuff. And so uh, yeah, but the server free, couldn't and, handle it, could it? Didn't didn't the server crash yeah, or something? Kind of, people were like, "Yeah, we'll start," and then the server's like, "Wait, what?" Um, <laughs> so um, it was a massive rollout. And so you know, it's it's an interesting setup because if you order Disney Plus, you also get multiple other types. Types of channels like National Geographic, and so within that whole kind of uh, uh, launch, um, you get up to 639 new shows, or not even new shows. It's like like part of the library from everything from all the Disney all movies. All the good stuff. Yeah, even episodes of every episodes of The Simpsons, uh, Pixar, you know, everything is all there. Wow. So as a parent, you're probably just like, all right, well, I'll just press play. See you later, kids. Um, <laughs> but um, it is very interesting that that yesterday was the way. You guys will actually be getting it in March of 2020. It's ridiculous. So it's so far away. I don't understand how this isn't just going to lead to loads of illegal streaming because people aren't going to want to wait for things like The Mandalorian. No. 
Yes. Um, but, you know, that's a conversation that you guys need to have with Sky, because apparently they have a lot of the licenses for the Disney stuff. And so um, mm. until 2020, that is that is when that license kind of like ends. Oh, and so, so it's how... all contractual stuff rather yes. than marketing. Oh, I see. Oh, tell us yes. about The Mandalorian then, Stevie, because that's so... the one that everyone wants to see. It's the, it's obviously their most high-profile series that's coming out. Uh, it is is out, and it's set within the Star Wars universe. And you know, John Favreau, the director and also the actor, he's the one that kind of came up with this original idea uh, of this character, the Mandalorian, who is a bounty hunter. And um, the first episode is streamlined, 40 minutes, and it goes right into the action. He has to like, you know, he he, he picks up somebody and then uh, gets a new client, and he's supposed to do something where he's going to find. We don't really know what he's. Supposed to pick up and so that the second half of the show is him just kind of like you know going through this uh, this world of 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 uh of the mandalorian it it feels like a western i don't know claire if you kind of i know you, you caught a little bit of the of the the first couple like you know minutes of the show but it it's it's very interesting how you know the setup is is that kind of tatooine whatever that world is where where luke skywalker lived on for a while and um yeah i uh, thought it, it, i was impressed with how it looks it looks very so gorgeous. good it's gorgeous. Uh, in the first episode, already we have uh, cameos from Carl Weathers, Werner Herzog, which is like, Random. what is going on? Uh, Taiko Waititi, is, is, is his voice is there, and also his, uh, Nick Nolte's voice is, is featured. Um, so there's a lot of big stars behind this. And of course, the and guy himself, it's Pedro Pascal. Yes. Who oh my gosh. Might Pedro... know from Narcos, is that right? Narcos or even like Game of Thrones, um but you know he the the weirdest thing is, you know, the man is a very attractive man and yet we don't see any of that in the first episode. He never takes off his mask. And so I'm really hoping that in episode 2 we get to see some of his face cuz you know If Stevie it's was good directing, it <laughs> yeah, wouldn't just I be mean... the mask he was taking off. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, shit. I mean it's it's dusty on, on the planet, he needs a shower. I mean, so that's kind of, you know. <laughs> so, Late night well, Mandalorian edit. <laughs> that's my version. They're like, wait, what's going on? Um, so, yeah, new episodes are going to be every Friday. Um, you know, I don't know how if you you're guys are going to be able to watch but this. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Okay, mm. well, I think before release in the UK, we'll have to get you to list all the best things on Disney Plus for us because there's no way that anyone's going to be able to uh, get through all of that content. It's just ridiculous. Just chatting to people, though, following the Apple TV launch, everyone's a bit meh about Apple. I, I get the impression, or certainly the people that I've spoken to, they're like, well, it's free with my phone, so I'll have it for a year, but Disney's the one that I want. <laughs> I get that impression too. I also think that some people, if they're not going to have more than one subscription, would choose Disney over maybe something like yeah. Amazon Prime or Netflix. Yeah. It's, well, you know, it's the shiny new toy this week, but, you know, we still have the HBO Max coming out. Warner is going to put Let out their own Battle thing. Let commence. <laughs> Britbox yeah. for the Brits. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Britbox so, doesn't really <laughs> compete, does it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the Some Brit old Box, reruns um, of Inspector Morse on there. Uh, Oh look, there's an Agatha Christie uh, show that I need to <laughs> rewatch. Um, but it is, it is, it's crazy. So you know, by next year, we're going to be having five platforms that are just kind of competing against each other yeah. and and i don't know who's going to be able to get all of them and also you know there's they're 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 all putting out new stuff so it's just it's madness so i don't know uh, when we're ever going to go out 
in the brave new world next year. It's just going to be someone needs to deliver our food and make our tea yeah. for us so we can constantly <laughs> have our... It's like some weird apocalyptic sci-fi vision where our eyes are just pinned open to watch constant streaming. It's, it's, streaming. it's a lot. It's Very a depressing. lot. Sorry. Yeah. It'd be fun, That's though. Right. It'd be all right. It's a terrible note we to end like on. Black Mirror fine. of you, actually. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, dear. But, yeah, until then, uh, we should shut off our TVs and go out for a second, after, you know, and so um, we should we should say goodbye, shouldn't we? Yeah. I well, so. on the back of Frozen 2, we should go and, in our separate individual countries, be frozen outside and, and sing, the new, sing the new anthems to each other. I can hear a voice calling me. Oh, God. <laughs> it's saying, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, then subscribe. And rate. And share with your friends. Rate and subscribe, please. And don't forget, you can email us on backstage at sky.uk. And we're all across the socials. Stevie Wong is always doing interesting things. Um, yeah, worth stalking. You are? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Wongy1. You can check out my amazing pictures of Simon Cowell at uh, Claire Sky Showbiz on Instagram or follow my ever fascinating tweets at Scoop Dogs Guy. Oh, we didn't talk about the fact that what did Simon Cowell look like as well? He's lost so much weight. Can we interject with a brief interlude of how you rate how Simon's appearance? I'm not sure we should. Okay, fine. And if you want to contact me, I am on Twitter, Sky Katie Spencer, and on Instagram, at SpennyPix. And now, as uh, Claire leaves the room to go into hiding for her own protection from Simon Cowell, we will uh, go our separate ways. Bye. Bye. Bye.